Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday. It is May 15th. We're halfway through May, which I can't even believe yet. But Richie, how you doing, man? How's your weekend been so far? Uh, pretty good, man. Just been a lot of good sports on the, this weekend so far, especially last night. And then uh, I'm excited for Game 7 of the Bolts tonight. So if you're listening, uh, we're cheating a little bit recording on Saturday afternoon due to some scheduling conflicts. I will be on the golf course as most of you are listening to this. Uh, my wife's not too happy, but that's okay. How about you, TJ? My weekend's been pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got the ACC championship on right now. The girls down a run. By the end of this show, we'll be able to talk about who won or not. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll record some later. But uh, our track and field team's competing right now at the ACC championship. I saw that they're in a rain delay. The men in first place right now. So that's exciting. Maybe bring home another ACC championship there. And then the baseball team with a massive series against Miami. Really need to win the series to uh, host Two of those games will be done by the time we get to the end of this episode, which is pretty cool. Um, but no, the episode won't be that long. We're just going to record something a little bit later to kind of recap it. But what we do know is that this show is brought to you by Guthrie's. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. We appreciate their support. We encourage you to visit there. Check them out. Tell them the Double Fries No Sloss sent you. Tell them. I mean, you know about Guthrie's, right? But tell them you heard about it on the show and encourage you to come in this week or whenever you end up going in, whether you're going up for the Tallahassee Regional in softball, whether you're going up for a baseball series, whether you're going up for whatever, tell them the Double Fries No Slaw sent you. They love hearing that. They message me just about every time. My phone, my phone absolutely blows up all the time. And uh, it's pretty cool that you guys go in there and tell them that. Also, when you go through the drive-thru, look for the sticker. The sticker's on the outside of it. They've got our sticker on their window, and we appreciate them continuing to support They've been with us for almost two years now. From the very beginning, they have uh, stuck it out and stayed true. Appreciate Guthrie's and um, honestly, the best chicken. I got my kids got chicken tenders today at lunch and I was eating and they were good. Don't get me wrong. We went to Ford's garage, but I was thinking, man, I wish his Guthrie's was a little bit closer to us. So yeah. shout out Guthrie's. Um, appreciate all their support. Richie, we've got a fun episode today. I want to talk with you a little bit about football. I want to talk about some expectations, really kind of what we think is needed not only for this year, but kind of going long-term, like what's, you know, the, the Mike Norvell tenure has been improving um, and, and we're typically pretty positive, but uh, it's not been great. We can be pretty blunt with that. So not only what's needed this year, but what, you know, what's likely needed um, for the tenure to be considered a success for him to get things all the way turned around. I do think we're going in a good direction, but we'll kind of dive into that. And then we sat down with Brooke Niles. We sat down with FSU Beach Volleyball head coach Brooke Niles shortly after the team made their incredible run in Gulf Shores at the national championships. Came in as the five seed, made it all the way to the national championship game, had to fight through the loser's bracket, and ran into an absolute buzzsaw of a team in um, USC. Only lost one match all year. There are some positives to take away from not only that match, but certainly the run they went on. So we've got a conversation with Brooke Niles that will play for you guys on this episode. Really, really good. She was a ton of fun. I thought she was so much better this time than the first time we had her, but I just think it's because she was just a little, she was a little more comfortable with us. We, we had just kind of started getting into interviewing coaches. And now at this point we've interviewed every coach minus the newest one on FSU's campus, subtle flex there. But uh, I do think that uh, she was fantastic. She was so much fun. Um, not to tease the people too much, Richie, but I messaged her this afterwards and she agreed. The best part was what, what the stuff we spoke about off air. I mean, she was great on air, but just to let you guys know, like 
she's awesome and hilarious off air. And uh, sorry that we can't tell you what all that was, but maybe maybe one day we'll we'll get to like peep behind the curtain and tell you about it. But she was awesome, huh? She was, yeah. She's a, every coach we speak to. I feel like at Florida State, we're so blessed to have such a great collection of coaches uh, on the men's and women's side, and everyone that's been on here has been phenomenal. Uh, but she's definitely a, you could tell it's her second time on the show because she was definitely a lot more loose. Uh, you know, opened up a little bit. So it really enjoyed that interview. Yeah, no, she was awesome. So we'll do that. And then um, one more shout out before we get into everything. You interviewed um, Coach uh, Bond from FSU Golf, as well as Beatrice Walleen. Um, Absolutely fantastic. I was very jealous watching back that I couldn't make it, had just something come up and just could not, um, could not make it. But I was legitimately... Like when you did the basketball interview, like I'm not, and I'm a bigger basketball guy than golf, but like the nuts and bolts of basketball, like when you did that show, I didn't really care. Um, I wasn't jealous. Like, but they were fantastic. They were so much fun. When you asked her the question that, that John sent you, uh, you could just see in her face the, I want to ruin it. I don't want to spoil it, say what it was. But so go back and check out that interview. Watch it on YouTube. Go to YouTube, go to our page, Double Fries Pod or Double Fries No Slaw. It'll come up. It's one of the most recent videos we've got. It's from Friday night. You need to see her face when when Richie asks the question that John Pock um, sent into her. Absolutely phenomenal. And then she laughed and had kind of a rebuttal for it, which was really, really good. And, um, you know, so anyway, go check that out. But I thought you did a fantastic job. I thought that it's, it is tough going solo. Like, it is really <laughs> – like, it helps to have really good guests. I will say that, not to take any credit away from you. It does sure. help to have really good guests. Um you know, I, I chatted with Roberto last week. I chatted with uh, Will Cohen last week. Those guys were great. They know how to speak, and it makes it a little bit easier on you. But going solo is hard. You have no crutch. Like, if I need to, like, take a break or cough or pee or just whatever, like, I can, like, lean on Richie <laughs> exactly. to do it. But you did a great job. I Again, I was, like, legitimately mad that I wasn't there. So hats off to you. Really good stuff. Um, but they were a lot of fun. People need to go back and listen to that podcast for sure, or watch yeah. it. Would be the way yeah, to do it. I, I think they got a good laugh. At, you know, as I was getting ready before the show started, I'm like, "All right, guys, heads up! I don't know if this is going to record or what. I'm just pushing these buttons." <laughs> TJ told me we're going to hope it works out. So we all we all had a good laugh, at, but luckily it came out worked out pretty well. The wife watched it, said it, she she enjoyed it. So um, yeah, Coach Bond, Beatrice Holleen, the two amazing women that represent Florida State, and had a blast talk with them. For about 25 minutes last night. Yeah. The quick show, quick listen. I listened to everything like sped up on two times. So I watched it on YouTube, like sped up times two. Um, so you can literally watch that in like 12 minutes, which was really cool. Um, that's how I consume like all content. I wish TV shows would let you do that. Like watch it faster because I can understand, you know, like just like get through this. But uh, no, really good stuff. Um, so go check that out if you have it. I know that, you know, maybe folks aren't as familiar with uh, Olympic sports or golf or stuff that sometimes we cover. I know a lot of people really enjoy that kind of stuff and really enjoy those interviews, but something that's really, really cool and hearing their perspective is, is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, for those that don't know, Beatrice is just absolutely phenomenal has played at Augusta several times, finishes um, top 10 every time. Richie gave her a little bit of a hard time about that. She's always like right there in the mix and plays Augusta. Like it's, you know, the backyard, but uh you know, she's really good. And, and, and those ladies were awesome. So hats off to you. Hats off to them. They're competing in the national championship. We'll talk about that in the roundup a little bit later. Um, okay. Let's get into it. Football, FSU football. So now we've wasted like eight minutes of people's time, like shouting ourselves out and shouting off everything else. Uh, we talked about this on the spaces a little bit on, on Friday. 
I had Peej and Sam from the Listen Up podcast on. I thought they were fantastic. Had some really good callers and people that came in. Did you were you in there for most of it? Were you in there for a good part of the spaces or any of it? I thought I saw you in there. Yeah, I, I heard most of it, and it was yeah. really good. I, I enjoyed. It. I feel like this was one of the most interactive ones you guys have had with callers uh, since Josh left, uh, and, and just a lot of really good back and forth dialogue. You know, some people thought it may have thought it was a little depressing at times, but you know, it's the reality of where we're at right now. But I, I thought it was really good. Yeah, I thought it was. I, I thought it was an honest look, and and you can go back and listen to it for free. We do the spaces on. On Twitter, um, Mondays and Fridays is kind of the schedule right now, or Tuesdays and Fridays based on what works for some people. But um, you can go to patreon.com slash FSU spaces. Everything on our Patreon is completely free. I don't have anything behind a paywall or anything locked there. If you want to donate, of course, you always can. But uh, everything is completely free there. You can go on and you can listen to Friday's episode. You can listen to that on Two's Time Speed because it was kind of a long one. <laughs> but uh, no, I thought it was really good. I, I think, you know, I think it was just an honest kind of look uh, around, you know, a bunch of things. Blame the state of the program, the state of recruiting, the state of the coaching staff. And, you know, I don't know. We're, we're pretty positive guys, right? We put a positive spin on a lot of things. But at the end of the day, FSU football has not been positive for the last four years, right? And, and really even the fifth year before that, it was barely positive. It took a reschedule against a terrible team and, and then a bowl win without your head coach to – be able to get above 500 there. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, Florida State football, if you're if you're looking at where Florida State football is right now, there's a way to talk about it. And there's a way to not be, you know, absolutely just like bow breeding and saying like everybody sucks and we should clean house and fire everybody. But I mean, if you're if you're being honest, Florida State football has not been positive for the last four years. And so I thought we were fair. I thought people came on and 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 you you can justify some things. You can um, explain some things. But yeah, I mean, there, it was. It may have been a little depressing at times. But even when people came on, and you know, if they were a little more negative or a little bit more down on the team or just kind of whatever, I think we see a path to get out of it. Now, whether or not that path happens, who knows, right? Like, there's really no way to predict or say 100. percent Like, oh, we're definitely, you know, we've definitely pulled up out of this nosedive. At, at this point, we've still gone four. Um, four years without having a winning record. Um, you know, we still won five games last year, even though there was some positivity coming out of the second half of the season. But um, what are your thoughts on Florida State football in general as it pertains to this season? Like, how do you kind of see this season? Uh, and I'm not asking for a prediction, but how do you kind of see this season needing to shape up for us to right the ship? Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to, you know, building a competitive roster. And by competitive, I mean, uh, you go on the field against Clemson and you don't think, oh, my goodness, we, we just have no chance in this position battle. Um, and I think uh, you guys touched on spaces. I, I think the LSU game is so important for Florida State this year, um, not just for Florida State, more so for Mike Norbell himself. Because if he can win that one, that that puts you at 2-0. and And then you have Louisville and Boston College, like you mentioned, you have 4-0 okay, now you have a chance to to get back in it with some of these high four-star guys, maybe low five-stars, if any are still interested at that point. Um, but that's your best hope because if you start off a little little rough again this year, even if you finish seven and five, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to sell anything. The easiest job right now, unfortunately, as Florida State fans would be to be a head coach negative recruiting against Florida State because there is that doubt. And, you know, we feel Mike Norville's job's pretty secure right now, but you know, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, um, you know, uh, 
Mario Cristobal, they're not telling those recruits that they're saying, Hey, listen, he's had three or, you know, two straight losing seasons. You know, if he can't get it right here, he's not going to be around. So it's easy for people to, to talk down on Florida state on the recruiting trail. And unfortunately that's where things have to get fixed is on the trail. And again, the chicken or the egg, you got to win games to make that happen. I think, you know, eight wins is that magic number seven, obviously coach should be fine. I think six and six, he's not going to lose his job. But I think six or seven wins, and you're looking at a lame duck head coach because you're going to have a top, what, 23, 27 recruiting class. That's not going to cut it here. Um, and it's, you know, it's definitely a big money make or break year for Coach Norvell. And the schedule sets up nicely. It's not an easy one, but it does set up really nice, um, about as nice as it could have, as we talked about when it got released. Yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I'm somewhere between that seven and eight, right? Like, I think that, and I kind of mentioned this yesterday, I think that, the perception of of how those wins slash losses happen matters, right? Like if you – at the end of the day, you always want to win more games. And even if you win ugly, yeah. you, you want to win more games. But remember that 20 um, – Jimbo's last year. Remember that 2017 year? We were like barely beating like Duke and Wake Forest on like last second heaves to <laughs> Alden Tate or whoever. Like – those games were so ugly and we were skating by them. Right. And don't get me wrong. Like a win's a win. Give me, give me the wins. And so honestly, if I told you, what if I told you this, that we went and maybe you just pick eight and four, right? Like maybe the answer is just, you take more wins. But if I told you that we went eight and four with four blowouts to LSU, Clemson, Miami, and a fourth one, NC state, right? And then all those, like, we got other wins, right? So you beat Miami and Florida, and, and that's fine, right? But everything, or no, no, you got blown out by Miami. So you beat Florida, but everything else was like an ugly win. Or you go seven and five with close losses, but you lose one more game, like a Wake Forest, right? And 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 you look good in those seven wins, you know? I don't know. Like, I I'm probably just would take more wins. But, like, I do think how you look matters, right? And, and that's where, I don't know. I, I don't think, like... I think the path is like seven or eight wins. I, I think if you're if you're getting really, really technical about it, I presented like a really technical scenario. I, I might rather be I might rather go seven to five and look competitive than eight and four and look like crap against the teams that actually matter, right? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe like you know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of a weird thing yeah. to say that you'd rather win more games. But I, I guess my my big point is they need to look better. And they did last year, right? Like the only game that they weren't in was was Wake Forest. And even that one. You know, your, your starting quarterback's out, and they had two drives go down to the 10-yard line. Uh, one of them go down to the one-yard line, right? And yeah. um, to start the second half, that would have cut the game to a one-score game. So, I don't know. I think how they look matters. And they did look better last year. So, they just can't regress from that, right? Like, I, I think I think if he doesn't get to seven, the year was a failure. I'm not saying he loses his job at six and six. Because if they go six and six, they'll go to a bowl game and probably win that. Um, cause we'll get a pretty bad matchup and just have more talent. Not a lot of guys that I see kind of like sitting out going to the NFL, but yeah, I think if you can go eight and four this year, that sets you up to maybe get to like that nine, 10 number and be relevant that the year after If you get to seven this year, then you're looking at like seven or eight wins again the next year. Right. And I just, I think that I think if you win seven this year and then you win eight next year, like he's fine, right? Like you're showing progression. It's just going to take us a lot longer to get back than what you think. And can he win eight without bringing in elite recruiting classes? I mean, essentially, 
you know, the path is you get to eight this year, decent recruiting class, and then really capitalize on that 24 class. Or this year you win six or seven, have to work another miracle in the transfer portal, like it seems they've done for the last two years. Don't get me wrong. And hope that you can kind of get more wins. But the wins have to come. So, I mean, I think we're all kind of safe with that, like, 7-8 number. But, yeah, 8 would be massive. Because then if you go to a bowl game and get to 9, I think you can really sell three wins to five wins to nine wins. Come here and get us over the top. Yeah, and that's that's what he's going to have to do. And I think, you know, the losses do matter because I think if it was eight and four with four close losses, but it was LSU, Clemson, Florida, Miami, like how good are we going to feel? Even if we lost all those games by a field goal and won the other eight, we'd be like, well, you know, that's the thing about college football, you know, that makes it so different against the pros. Like if you beat your rivals, you can hang on like another year, you know, that, we used to joke that, you know, Bobby used to let Tommy beat him in the uh, in the Bowden Bowl just so he could keep his job at Clemson. Um, yeah, beating your rivals matters. I think, you know, ideally you go at least two and two in that. And I, and I know, well, obviously LSU is not a rival, but it's a big out-of-conference game. But LSU, Florida, Miami, Clemson, you go two and two, I think uh, seven wins, even if you lose five, but win two of those, fans will be a little more forgiving because those are games that, you know, they can, you know, put a feather in their cap about, so to speak, you know, we're still talking about fourth and 14 against Miami. Um, and that really gave Mike, uh, uh, I think an extra longer leash at that point, just beating Miami. Cause we hadn't done it in so long. Um, but yeah, if you beat Miami in Florida, I mean, Clemson, you're probably not gonna, their, their roster still a lot better, but you know, God forbid, man, if you beat LSU, Florida, Miami, Mike's going to be sitting pretty headed into next year. We'll forget that he was ever even, you know, close to being on the hot seat. Yeah, I mean, and I think that if you beat LSU, Miami, and Florida, you could theoretically lose to Clemson, Wake Forest, and NC State. You could lose those three games in a row, and you really shouldn't lose more than, like, one or two more games, right? Like, you know, Miami's better – Miami and LSU are better than anyone else on this – like, Clemson, Wake, NC State, Miami, and LSU. Like, those are the – to me, those are the top five toughest games. After that, it's probably Florida just because it's a rivalry, but I don't even think they're that good. Like Louisville may be better than them this year. And so, um, you know, you, you can't have a slip up, right? Like you can't have a slip up against a Georgia Tech or a Syracuse or a team that you really need to beat. You really need to beat Boston College. Um, Jerkovich and Flowers make that one a little bit intimidating, a little bit tough. But, um, yeah, you, you've got to – honestly, I think Florida's a must-win game. I think that's the easiest out of those four, four games that you just mentioned. Um they're not great. Anthony, I know they think Anthony Richardson's a, a generational type quarterback. He's not shown that. He at one point last year, I believe he had like 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. You know, like he's very boomer bust. And then he came in against us last year and had one nice throw, and that was it. I think they threw the ball like seven times with him in. They yeah, literally they just only ran moved the ball. ball. They only moved the yeah. ball with Emory there. Yeah. Their best yeah. drives were I, with Emory Jones. <laughs> he just couldn't finish them. Right. And yeah. then they they scored a touchdown on the drive where we fumbled a punt, right? Like they had like 35 yeah. yards to go. And so yeah, I I I don't now. I mean, Richardson could put the entire put the whole year together, stay healthy, and be really good, but you've got to beat Florida. I mean, Florida's an absolute must win to me. Like there's no now, obviously, if you beat Clemson LSU and Miami and then have a stinker against Florida at the end of the year. I mean, that's going to be, you know, you're probably going eight and four still then, but like you've, to me, Florida is the one you have to win. Like there's, there's no question about that. Cause they're not, they're not a good team. I mean, they're going to go six and six, seven and five this year. And you can't be the one to lose to them. Right. We played them last year, two bad teams playing each other at the end of the year. They sweep it out by three. 
you've got to be the one to, to win that one at home this year. Florida State should be a favorite in that game. Um, new head coach, quarterback that can't stay healthy, somewhat like ours. But uh, yeah, I, I think you've got to find a way to beat Florida. But yeah, I think again, if you can get to eight and four, the turnaround looks more defined, right? Yeah. And I I don't know that I'd go as far as to say that like seven and five makes him a lame duck because I I do think that some things kind of are are breaking right for you. I think that the 2023 um, FSU football schedule gets, I mean, it's not like a ton easier, but I do think it gets slightly easier, mostly because Van Dyke will be gone. Leary will be gone. Cunningham will be gone. Wake's QB will be gone. Um, you know, you, you get Miami at home. You got to go to Florida and Clemson. Obviously you get LSU a little bit closer here in Orlando. So like, you know, pound for pound, I like our chances against LSU in Orlando more than I do in Baton or in uh, New Orleans. Not that that's much different, but that stays the same. Your out of conference stuff is is still pretty easy with North Alabama, Southern Miss. Um, BC should be easier without Jerkovich. Uh, Louisville should be easier without Cunningham. Miami should be easier without Van Dyke. Plus, is at home. NC State easier without Leary. So anyway, um, if they get to seven this year could very much see a scenario where he gets to eight or nine the year after. And then I think we're kind of back on the right track in like second or third in the ACC. Um, so I don't know that I'd go as far as to say like lame duck, but I do think that the, the comeback and the certainty around us getting better is definitely stronger with eight and four and would be massive if we can get there. So um are you willing to predict eight and four yet? Or are you still around like six and six, seven and five? Where are you at there? No, I'm I'm still in that six to eight range right now. Um, we'll, we'll see what these rosters look like. We didn't get the flurry of uh, portal, uh, you know, happenings that we thought we would get. Um, obviously, I think Florida State has room to add four more. So we'll see what those additions look like. Uh, and Amarius Mins would have been huge. I think with that, I would have felt confident saying seven or eight for sure. But I, yeah. I think right now I'm still in that six to eight range. Um Anything below six, and let's let's move on at that point. <laughs> and I don't think that's going to happen. I, I do. I definitely see this team in that six to eight range. And like you mentioned, you get eight in the regular season, and then win a decent bowl game. That's nine wins against a brand name Power Five school in a bowl game. Most likely, you could build on that. Yeah, I I, I would be very shocked with under six wins. Yeah. Um, if if Travis is healthy, yes, it'd be surprising. Very. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, that's a good point. If he's not under, you know, four and eight in play, if he's on, not healthy. Yeah, yeah it, it kind of depends on what games he's missing and when he's missing and how many. But uh, yeah, I I think that. I think that getting to, I'm I'm stuck on seven, and if they beat LSU, then I then I think I move that up to eight, because if they can if they can if they can beat LSU, they're going to start two and zero. Oh. And they get two weeks off to prepare for Louisville. And if they can, you know, if they, my whole thought is the way the schedule lines up, you get Duquesne first game. I hope Jordan Travis passes like three times and hands the ball off a billion times. You just be, I don't care if you beat them seven to nothing, like just win that game and get out with nobody hurt. So exactly. if you can get into the LSU game without, and this is where I think the schedule lines up well, if you can get to the LSU game without any major injuries, then you play that LSU game and you get two weeks off for Louisville. So even if somebody does get slightly banged up or a little bit bruised, they've got a good recovery time 
until that Louisville game, right? Like it's not just like six days later, right? So that helps a lot. And so you get that time off for Louisville and you go into Louisville, again, hopefully fully healthy. And if you can get to 3-0 and right there, you come home against Boston College, say you drop the Louisville or Boston College, 3-1 and to start the year would be phenomenal. And so that's kind of where my, I guess my hope lies is the first month of the season sets up really, really well because of that week zero game, because you get two weeks off after LSU in case you do get bruised, beat up, battered, injured or whatever. And then you kind of move on for the rest of the year. October gets really tough with Clemson, NC State and Wake Forest. That could be three losses. Honestly, if you can go one and two there, I think I'd be thrilled because I think all three of those teams will be favorites over FSU. Maybe Florida State will be the favorite over Wake. Um, but those games will be tough. And then I think the schedule finishes up really nice. You should beat Georgia Tech. You should beat Syracuse. You should beat Louisiana. You should beat Florida. Miami will be a tough one down there. But I, I do think that the schedule is sets up nicely in the beginning, very tough in the middle with those three consecutive games of Clemson, NC State, and Wake. And then towards the last five, you'll, they'll be in every single game. Like they, And they yeah. have a chance to go three and two. I mean, they really should go four and one in those last five. Miami really, to me, is the only acceptable loss. Um, in, in the last five of that bunch. Not that, you know, Miami's an acceptable loss, but I don't know, man. But it, so that's not negative, right? Like we were just, oh, that was fairly nice of us. Yeah, I think, you know, the <laughs> I think the biggest takeaway is, you know, Jordan Travis has to be healthy or Tate Roadmaker or AJ Duffy has to be ready to surprise us to a level of play that I don't think anybody is expecting out of them. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to be a run heavy team again, you know, probably 55-45 run pass. Uh, but that's kind of what Mike Norville did at Memphis too. He always he's always liked running the ball. He's had multiple thousand yard backs in the single season at Memphis. Um, you know that that's his bread and butter. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I love that we get Duquesne a, a true tune up game before we go to LSU. Like you mentioned, if we escape the uh, Duquesne game injury free, you're sitting really pretty heading into New Orleans, and I, I think we'll both be heading to that game. And I I need to start uh, looking to book a flight right now. We got our hotel set up though. I've heard flights are insane for that game, just to let you know. Yeah, like, we're I probably looking at 500 each round trip. Oof, that sounds terrible. That's more yeah, than I, I haven't really like Pasadena. <laughs> yeah, I got a Pasadena flight for free, so that was kind of nice. So I can't really talk much crap about that. But um, yeah, no, that sounds terrible. Um, okay, cool. Well, we will wait and see. I'm sure we'll talk way more about like expectations and what we expect out of the uh, season as the offseason goes along. But, uh, yeah, some good conversations on the spaces yesterday, some good conversation here. Um, again, we sat down with Coach Brooke Niles on Wednesday, I think, of this week. Um, I'm going to play that interview for you guys now. I'll be back at the very end to do a quick roundup of letting you know how FSU's athletic teams did this week and what we had to look forward to in the week coming up. But uh, enjoy our interview with Coach Niles. She was fantastic talking about the girls and their run at the national championship. And then uh, stay tuned after that for the weekly roundup. Um, Richie, any shout outs before you get out of here? Uh, none today. Shout out the, uh, Tampa Bay lightning. You know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm a huge fan or a big fan, but you know, of the major teams, I always like the ones closest to me. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to game seven. Game seven hockey is just fun. And we get three of those today. I cannot wait. Yeah, no, really, really good. Um, I cannot wait for the game and hopefully, we find a way to win it because I don't want to, I don't want the season to be over just yet. I don't think we win it all the this Florida year. series. I want the, I want the Panthers that one, lightning. That, that'll be fun. That one would be a ton of fun, a rematch from last year. I don't think the lightning win it all this year, but I do 
not want it to end in the first round. Toronto's a good team, but I, I do not yeah. want to lose. So anyway, we will be back um, after the interview with Coach Niles. Welcome back to Double Fries No Slaw. We have returning to the show again, Brooke Niles from FSU uh, Beach Volleyball. Coach, how are you doing today? Good. I'm still riding high from the last two weeks, so <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying to relive every moment and, um, yeah, take it all in. So I'm doing good. It, it was cool. Like just in getting ready for the show tonight, I very much like went back through and watched some of the highlights and read some of the uh, play-by-play and stuff. Fortunately, I have a I have a job that I'll say makes me somewhat available to watch uh, college beach volleyball on the like at noon on a Thursday. So that's kind of nice. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I watched a lot of it and uh, it was really cool to follow you guys. I mean, shout out to shout out to ESPN in their coverage and and literally every court streaming. So. I've got three TVs outside and they all three had you guys on it. So that was fun. That's and awesome. uh, it, it was really cool to, to follow along. So want to want to talk with you about that. But first of all, I want to just say thank you for taking some time and chatting with us. We'll we'll try to keep you too, too, too long. But um, even before that run, I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk about the, the conference championship um, losing to TCU, which was kind of like a microcosm of the season, right? You lose to TCU in the regular season and then you beat them later on. Um but lost to TCU in the in the single elimination or in the double elimination part, you get to see him again. Um, can you talk about just the bounce back um, from losing that and then losing to them the first time and then coming back and beating them in the uh, in the championship match? Yeah, I think it just um, obviously we wanted to beat them every time we want to beat everybody every time we play. I have a really great group of competitive players. Um, but the thing that was special about this team is they lost and they are just like, we don't care. We're going to beat them tomorrow and we're going to beat LSU. And they knew the road they had to take. Whereas, um, past teams, I think, I think it's cause we lost a lot more than we normally have at this point of the year, but we'd only lost to the top five teams really. Um, no. but going through those losses, normally we're just so, I think I'm not concerned about it, but the players are kind of concerned with being undefeated or only having like a few losses, like, cause most years we only have like maybe three, um, like I would say three to five and we had 11 losses this year. And so I think they just realized that they can rebound from those things and, um, you know, learn from it and get better. And, uh, and they, I think one in a cool fashion because we had never really come through the losers bracket before every other time we've done that in NCAAs, we never done conference. And then when we've done it in NCAAs, we haven't responded and we've lost to teams that we shouldn't have lost to. So um, I thought that was really cool about this team, but our seniors that have been there with me for a while, Lana Chacon and Madison Fitzpatrick really like set a standard and for our program. So hats off to them. And uh, it was just like a magical two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And coach, you mentioned the seniors and just talk about the sustained competitive competitiveness of the program I mean, six straight conference championships. I mean, that that's not easy to do. Uh, but Florida State and, and Coach Brooke, you've you've done it. What's that mean for a program, and not just the program, but you know, recruiting? Because uh, obviously, uh, we saw the national championships: USC, UCLA. It seems like a West Coast thing. Obviously, TCU's out there in different programs, but Florida State in the little panhandle of Tallahassee just keeps racking up conference championships um, under your under your leadership. What does that mean? That's that's awesome. Well, thank you for saying it's not easy to do because I feel like people think it's really easy and it's really not. Um, winning anything is really hard and 
it takes a lot of sacrifice and commitment, but I think it's just a testament to the coaches we have and the culture and the program and the type of players we recruit. And I think we just do a really good job, like peaking at that time of the year as well and, um, and training our players. But yeah, I mean, they have to be able to perform in those big moments. And sometimes there is that pressure, like we're supposed to win. Um, and I guess this year we were supposed to win because we had won a lot in the past, but we, we felt like we weren't supposed to win. Like people had just counted us out because TCU had, done so well at the beginning of the year um but we had some confidence because we beat them we actually at our last home tournament we beat lsu and then tcu all on the same day so we're like hey this is just like a couple weeks ago we gotta <laughs> you know one at a time and and try to get better and really in the end um all the all those things are great for me but it's just to peak at national championships is the goal um and if winning conference gets us there then that's awesome but um, we have one goal in mind and that's to win the NCAA championship. And I think I have the most second places out of anybody right now. So <laughs> the more we get there, the more we'll be able to um, put ourselves in a winning position. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that, like, I think fans, especially like last year, right? Like, I don't think you guys lost a game until like the last month or like a duel until the last month of the season, you know, and mm -hmm. you're just like, you know, we're never losing. Right. And so, um, it is hard, right? And and then to continue to be good, then it's just like expected and like winning just becomes the standard and people aren't even like impressed by it. Like, oh, you won the conference championship. Like, <laughs> very, you know, like, oh, good job. You know, like that's just what we do here, right? Like, you know, so I do think that, especially in a year where, I, you know, TCU was really, really good. Yeah. LSU was ranked well and we had lost to TCU, obviously, you know, one time and then in the regular season too, like it is impressive. Um, and really in this is that it's a, that's a great follow up here really in like pretty dominating fashion. I know that one match didn't end and then one match we had a pretty good lead and had to concede that due to an injury, but that takes us right into the Cal Poly match. Mm -hmm. Um, Anna and Kate didn't finish their match against TCU. I thought it was pretty fitting that they're the ones that maybe won a Cal Poly match that was a little bit closer than anybody expected yeah. and finishing on three. Um, talk about that can match you, and them coming can I tell back you too. how impressive Kate Privet is, is she actually broke her wrist during the TCU match at yes. conference and we didn't want to say anything before, but uh, she broke a bone in her wrist and the doctor cleared her and she taped it, but they were down seven, three and she hadn't really practiced yeah. and it was a quick turnaround and they were down seven, three in a game to 15. We were down nine or 12 to eight, nine to five. Um, and I just kept telling them that we just have to win each side. So each you switch sides every five points in the game to 15. So you could go five, zero, four, one, three, two, two, three, whatever it is, the side switch, but we just wanted to try to focus on winning each side. And, um, and they did it like they won three, two, and then, you know, we'd switch sides. And I'm like, you won that side. Like, don't even look at the score. You won that side. Like, let's just win this side. And, um, and we call Anna, Anna's a freshman, she's unbelievable, but we kept calling her postseason Anna because she just had a different level in the postseason. So um, she really like stepped up and Kate got a lot of confidence and Kate has a ton of speed. So I, I knew if we could get it close, we could win because we do have confidence in those situations, but the, it was like a remarkable comeback. We shouldn't have been there. We should have lost on Wednesday if you think about it. Yeah. So I think we were really just excited after that point and, knew that we had some fighters in our team so with which the format you lose wednesday you don't get a chance to go anymore right like with yeah. you know you lose thursday morning no big i mean it's a big deal but no big deal right like you get another chance but um 
I don't know if anybody, I don't, I, I, people realize it, but I don't think people realize like, oh yeah, we were that close to just being done and then not going on the run. Yeah. Um, and that probably would have been the worst feeling ever. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, lost to USC, but then bounced back against LSU again. Um, LSU, you guys had to play a ton, play them, you know, a bunch in the regular season, a couple of times in conference here again. The LSU match was, again, when you play a team that many times, they understand tendencies. And, and that match was a little tougher than some of the other ones had been. Um, really good showing against LMU. And then the UCLA match on Sunday morning. I know a lot of people were watching that and a lot of people were, or maybe Sunday afternoon. A lot of people tuned in. I was literally at Mother's Day lunch, like watching <laughs> under the table. <laughs> like, don't tell my mom or mother-in-law or wife, but uh, my wife did look over like, she's like, you're such an idiot. But I'm like watching it on my phone, like connecting to Maggiano's Wi-Fi. Um, so um, I, it did remind me though of 2018 and losing to them. You mentioned in the national championship, um, really thrilling win on, you know, uh, you know, to come back on court one and a third set. D did it feel better though, because it was UCLA and 2018 everything, or was it just, you know, it felt good because it was a win. I mean, UCLA is always tough. And to be honest, we played them twice earlier in the year and we should have won. We were up in the deciding game by three or four points and they came back. So um, that's what happened too. We were In the first quarter and then 18 14 in the second in a game to 21 so um when they came back and sent it to the third i knew that was like a big moment for our players and you could have a lot of like lack of confidence but um we pushed each other through it and uh brooke bauer just showed like great senior leadership and she'd been in those moments before she's our transfer from pepperdine but yeah um it, it was nice because you know Obviously, a lot of people see all the great things about our team, but we definitely had a tough year, just learning moments and, um, you know, things like that that are behind the scenes. So to know that, like, all your decisions led to getting to that moment as a program, that was kind of a big sigh of relief, I guess, to see that, you know, if you buy into the process and you trust each other, then good things can happen. Yeah, no, it was really impressive to watch. Um it was crazy and the format and I'll let Richie go here, but like the format, we talked about it a little bit off air, but the championships in beach volleyball are unlike anything else, right? Like football, you get a month off basketball. You only get two days, but you really have the week because it's leading up to the final four, right? Softball. You even get like a day or two off to, to regroup. Um, but once you know, you're in the championship, like it's the same for everybody playing like an hour later, like I, that's just insane, right? Like out in the sun, hot heat, like there's no, no rest. Um, the format is just crazy. And it's maybe it's a good thing at times, right? Like, like everything in life, it's pros and cons, right? Like when you have that positive momentum and things are rolling, it, it, it was really good for us, obviously on Saturday. And, but the format of, of the beach volleyball national championships is so intense. Cause like you said, you were literally a couple of points away from, going home on Wednesday and then you just keep it rolling and you're all the way there until the final match on, on Sunday. How, how hard is it on the girls? Like to it, you know, I mean, they're young, right? Like, so they're somewhat more resilient than us, right? <laughs> but like, but how hard is it to just like up and down and up and down? And you really don't know if you're packing your bags in an hour or playing for the, for the trophy. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really hard on them because we only did an itinerary for meals and everything till Wednesday because we didn't know. And then you don't know what your schedule is going to be or if it's going to change. And like we said off air, we had some weather delays. So 
we had gone to the beach on third on Friday to play our first match. And right when we started our warm up, right when we were about to get on the court, mm-hmm. it's like 10 minutes till the lightning comes and we had to put everything away, go back to the hotel and wait for three hours and um, and play a really good LMU team again that we had lost to a few weeks before. So um, yeah, they're resilient. They, they're young and their bodies can handle a little bit, but I think Sunday had taken its toll on us. Um, it was really, really hot. Uh, our player, you can't sub in the national championship. So other sports, you can sub people in and give them some rest when you're up or whatever. And we can't, we can't change our lineup at all. If we do that, those players can't go back in. So um, I think it's definitely something we have to talk about with the popularity of the sport growing and maybe giving um, more of an equal playing field, but it's also the benefit of winning in the winner's bracket. You get more rest. So um Hopefully next year we remember that and try to win, win that winner. <laughs> Don't lose it all. Play. Don't lose yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is hard to do, but it's it's all about matchups too. And um, yeah, I think we had the hardest road out of any team there. We didn't have any easy games. Like with the farthest we went, um, no buys. Uh, Cal Poly was ranked and seated way lower than they should have been. So that was a really tough first round for us. Um so, but I think that's kind of what we needed to get through it. We just had to wrap our minds around it. We weren't going to have an easy road. Yeah. And, and coach USC there, they were kind of like, you know, the Oklahoma softball this year that just a juggernaut, you know, it, unfortunate for anybody who came in their way, but their, their twos were really good as well. And pretty impressive that we saw Elena and Madison beat their twos twice. Uh, the only two times they lost the entire season. And, and I think more special, their final match ever at Florida state, they, they beat them. And that's, that's the last memory they'll have. Unfortunately, we would have loved to see them hoisting the national title trophy, but to walk off the court and say, Hey, we just beat them for the second time had to be special. What did those two young ladies mean to the program and how proud were you of them? Oh my gosh. I wish they were here with me still. Um, they're amazing. Uh, they came in, Madison was like one of my first recruits, Elaine, well, Madison had already committed here with the old coach. And so I had to like keep her, um, and try to like sell myself. And she didn't know me at all. And was like, who's this girl from California telling me to stay in Tallahassee. But, um, and then Elena, I recruited from Indiana. I saw her playing one tournament and I think you could see the fire in her eyes when she plays. And that's what I saw when she was 16 years old. So, um, they've really like kind of grown up with me and, um, 100% bought into the culture of this program. And so to see them lead their team like that, and they were down, I think, um, maybe like 17-12 or 17-11 in that second set, wow. and then went on a 6-1 run or something like that against a very good team that had only lost to them the week, the day before. Um, I mean, that's crazy. And they're undersized. They're both 5'8". Um, was just insane. So when their team saw them do that, I think it made them not feel tired at all. And they were ready to come out in the next round and just kind of battle um, and play for them. Like those girls are so special. They could rally their team to play hard for them at any point in the season. Um, and and they, they were the hardest workers in the weight room, always winning the conditioning tests or anything like that. Um, always willing to, they were on our leadership group as well, like meet extra and have tough conversations with the players and get everybody on the same page. So I'm going to miss them so much. Um, I can't even tell you, but um, yeah, just for them to go out like that was so special. And I think they're going to remember it. I want to keep, I, I haven't seen that game on TV yet. So I want to sit down and watch it with them and, um, and the coaches and just kind of relive it. Cause it was so awesome. 
The comeback was pretty incredible. Um, and you kind of, I think we'd already lost on four. And so you, you kind of knew like, man, beating USC is daunting anyway, but like if we go down Oh two to USC. Yeah. This is not going to be good. And so to see them fight back and win, and you're, you're totally right. Like I've really enjoyed Madison. She's done some like play by play stuff um, with the baseball team and then other stuff around FSU. And then Elena is easily my favorite just because of her name. That's my oldest daughter's name too. So <laughs> please, please tell her that like she, like I, I, she was my favorite before I ever watched the match, but you're right. Like the fire that she has, like, I would not want to go up against her in anything. I could be like thumb, thumb war. And I'd just be like, nah, I think I'm all right. I'd probably break my wrist. Uh, but yeah, like she, they were so much fun to watch. And, you know, it was, it was really neat to, to see them out there. Cause they, you know, every match that they were in, even the announcer, like the, you know, you, you don't hear it. Right. But like the play-by-play and the announcers and stuff are just saying like, yeah, there's there's Elena again, right? Like doing that, like sh- her yeah. fire is just unreal. So, but I will say about them too. So two weeks before that, we went to Cal Poly to play an event. We played Cal Poly, LMU, UCLA, and USC. They lost every single one of their matches. They went zero and four on the weekend, and so for them to like come back and beat, they didn't lose a match in the national championship, and I don't think they lost a match in conference. I mean, that's huge. And yeah pretty much unheard of because they are undersized and um, you know, it's hard for them to score points. Like they have to be pretty perfect and they found a way to win and compete. And that was, I think they were everybody's favorite team there. They were like the Cinderella story of the tournament. Yeah. They were awesome for sure. Even, but you know, again, Elena's number one, just for the name. So uh, <laughs> my wife's like seen it, like it'll come up on like suggested on Instagram or something. Like, did you know this? I was like, I knew this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the um, same too. Uh, exactly the same yeah oh, which awesome. is rare because a lot we'll of have to introduce them me. yeah my, my daughter would think that was amazing so um some good support out there uh michael alford was out there i saw trey cunningham stop by what did it mean that uh i mean alford was there like live tweeting the whole thing like all weekend which is really cool but uh what did it mean you know to have the the support out there of not only those guys but just everybody that they came out I mean, it's so awesome. I actually saw Trey, but I didn't get a chance to say hi to him because we were going to start our match. But um, I've met him on campus and he is one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. And everyone like has such amazing things and to say about him. And plus he's been so successful. I kind of want to pick his brain on how he's so fast and, um, (laughs) and agile and maybe transfer that to the beach game. But I think it's just a testament to what kind of place Florida state is like, I mean, sometimes, um, I think, we think, oh, we're just the beach team, but everybody wants us to have the same standard as all the other teams on campus and supports us. I mean, I got so many texts from all different coaches and and people at Florida State that were watching and cheering on our team and um, also ones that have helped our student athletes throughout their entire careers. So it was really special. And Gulf Shores is only like a three and hour, four hour drive away from Tallahassee. So um, if, if you haven't experienced it, it is one of the best championships to go to just because it's such a beautiful beach and everything's right there. And, and we do have a big following. Um, but yeah, that was really special. I know for our players to have all that support and and people care about them. So. Trey, uh, Trey came on. You're, you're right. He's awesome. Um, obviously Michael's been on air a ton, but Trey did come on. And then like two or three days later, he went and got a gut box. So I know we talked about this the last time. So I don't know if you've had Guthrie since the last time you were on, but I think that's what makes Trey so fast and like, so good is that, he is a, he's a, like that. I'm not saying that'll put us over the top, but that might actually be what puts us over the top. If, 
It's that elite not diet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. worse it is for your arteries. I mean, you can't. You have to splurge every now and then. You have to yeah. detox and intox a little bit. To Absolutely. Yeah. He did that after the national after his national championship after the hurdles. I, mean, I think that's a that's probably a wise move. So. Um, well, I know you're busy. We'll, we'll let you go after this, but I, you know, appreciate your time now. I mean, it never really stops, right? Recruiting never really stops, but obviously it probably picks up, you know, pretty heavy out of season now. Um, you talked about, you know, finishing second a, a, a few times, right? Three times in the national championship. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but you know that Florida state is, I mean, you probably do know this since 2016 in the national championships, Florida state's the only non-California team to even make the national championship. Like it's been Pepperdine, USC, and um, UCLA every time that we haven't been there. How, how much does that, how much does that help? Right. And drawing kids to this coast, right? Like kids that maybe want to do something a little bit different, maybe want to get out of California. Um, you obviously lived that as well, but uh, you know, come in this way, how much does that help in recruiting and how wild is, is recruiting going to tick up over the next few months for you? Yeah, I mean, still recruiting's growing. Like I'm going to Virginia Beach this weekend to do a USA high performance camp and and coach the U17s. But most of those kids are from the East Coast. So if we can get keep those kids and get them to come to Florida State, but unfortunately, still there's like a pull of the USC's and UCLA's. But I think we develop players really well, and we have a great coaching staff. Um, and I think some of those schools sometimes like to get all the kids they can so they don't go anywhere else. Um, so I think with this transfer portal too, that might, um, open people up to experiencing something different, but, um, yeah, I mean, they, the West coast has won every national championship so far. So, um, I understand why people want to go there, but I think just our school is so special in the fact that, um, we have all this rich tradition. It feels like a family and people are really close together. Plus you can get high level training. So we hope to, to break open and get that gold trophy and not just a silver one. Um, soon, but yeah, it recruiting is nonstop. Um, I thought I'd get a day or two just to like <laughs> spend with my kids and not be on my phone, but unfortunately, it's been probably worse than it ever has been, um, in a good way because, um, yeah, yeah we're trying to ride this wave of momentum basically, um, from being in the finals and, and having such a um, charismatic team that people were able to see on TV. So, I think it's all good stuff, but yeah, very, very busy. I'm sure any other coach would probably tell you the same thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, all right. I lied to you. I got one more. Um, I do like asking about this women's sports right now uh, within one week golf. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I don't care. Slaughtered the, uh, the, the field there in, in the Tallahassee regional um, the top four teams advanced. And it was cool to see Miami um, be the fifth team. So, you know, it's always good when your rivals go home. Uh, not to be too petty or not. Beach volleyball obviously reaches the national championship. Uh, tennis made their fifth straight NCAA tournament and advanced to the second round. And softball should have a, a top eight seed here um, coming up in the next couple of days. Obviously, they start the national championship. And then one more that wasn't in the tweet from Carter over at the T Tallahassee Democrat. Um, the track team won the ACC championship last year and looks to repeat that coming up here uh, starting tomorrow. So, uh, women's athletics at FSU are really carrying the torch right now, right? Like, not to it, mention soccer national champions this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're doing the <laughs> let's just yeah, go soccer, all of them. Yeah. Let's not forget about those guys, yeah. please. <laughs> the ones that really carry, but yeah, like thoughts on uh, and uh, what's been neat about it is, is the um, exposure and being able to see a lot of this stuff on TV and a lot of this stuff, you know, like every softball 
game coming up this weekend is on TV. Um, obviously, you guys' stuff was as well. So thoughts on uh, just women's athletics kind of carrying the torch right now? I mean, I think there's so many great coaches at FSU, but the ones that coach the women's sports, I have special connection with, and they're just awesome. And I try to soak in like how they run their programs and what we can carry over to ours. But I think in the end, we're all pretty competitive and um, there's a standard here at Florida state. And, um, and I think we can attract really top recruits because there's this level of excellence, but also the family atmosphere and the tradition and um, you know, all that stuff, like all, all the coaches, I mean, Mike Novell sent me a really amazing text, Amy Bond, like she's getting ready to play her tournament that they're hosting. And she's texting me like, great job. I saw your, she told me about that interview where I, yelled at the refs but um <laughs> so it was one of my favorite parts of the tournament so don't don't apologize too much <laughs> i don't even remember saying it but it was probably <laughs> terrible but um yeah so i think women's sports like women are amazing athletes and they can do anything and the fact that we're getting this exposure on tv the only question i would have to everybody else is what if all our sport women's sports got the same exposure as men on tv what if they got the same marketing dollars as men what if they got the same coaching salaries as men like where would our women athletes be and i think they would be right up there because you know they're all these women athletes are great people amazing students um and just like like even when kids come they they just want to be around our players so much and I, so i think it's really great for families to experience that and I mean, the women's softball is like my favorite thing to watch on TV in the postseason, and I can't wait to take a front row seat to watch all those because it's exciting. But yeah, I, I'm so impressed by all these people that I'm around on a daily basis, and I'm not surprised that they're successful, but to have it all at one school and have that much success is really unique, and I, I really don't know why, but we're like killing it in all our sports, yeah. so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a ton of fun to watch. Um, it was a ton of fun to watch you guys over the last couple of weeks. And like I said, I can't wait to jump right into uh, right into softball tomorrow night. Like we will be watching every match or every, every I'm still in beach volleyball mode, but every game all the way through and hopefully they can, uh, they can win it like they did a couple of years ago. But coach, thank you so much for taking time and, and chatting with us. We really appreciate it. We're already excited for next year to roll back around, but try and catch a couple of days off if you can over the next few months. Yeah. That's going to be hard, but, <laughs> and are you awesome. having a boy or a girl? Is, do you know? We, yeah. Boy. Oh any day now. It actually may have happened by the time this happens. So we we're girl, boy, boy. So. Oh, wow. Any that's day awesome. now. So we'll see. <laughs> Fingers wow. crossed. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's crazy, but best of luck to you and your wife. Um, Thank you. That's really exciting. So I don't know how you're doing it with them that close together, but. <laughs> a lot of prayer and diet and pepper. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, coach. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. See you guys you later. Bet. All right. All right. Really appreciate coach Niles for hanging out. Um, was awesome to hear her perspective on the beach volleyball team run beach volleyball teams run in Gulf Shores. Went in as the five seed ended up playing for the national championship game. She was fantastic. And so we really appreciate her for taking time and recording that with us and um, hope you guys enjoyed that interview. want to give you a quick rundown of what's going on in FSU athletics and then we'll get out of here. Before we do that, I want to always thank Garning Gold for their support. Um, certainly appreciate all that they do. Um, they are absolutely fantastic and working with them has been really, really good. Um, they are FSU Knoll owned, family owned and operated for 
several decades. They've employed thousands of FSU students over the years, given back to the boosters, as well as worked with a lot of our athletes that are NIL athletes. We'll talk about the softball team here in just a minute, but uh, work with Kaylee Mudge and Sydney Sherrill. Could not encourage you more to, uh, to, to order from Garnet and Gold. I, I bought something this weekend. It took two days to get to my house. Bought something on Thursday. It was at my door Saturday. Some stuff for the, for the baby that's coming and a shirt for myself. You can use code NOSLAW to get 15% off of your order. If you order over $75 and you have an account, you get free shipping. So I think my order was about 90 bucks, uh, 15% off of that, and then free shipping as well. Free shipping in two days is pretty unheard of. It's kind of the Amazon route there. So love um, Garnet and Gold. Go sign up for an account with them so that you can be alerted when they've got sales and different things going on. Um, FSU Athletics, I'll try not to leave anybody out, but shout out the uh, golf team who won the regional championship in Tallahassee. Absolutely lapped the field. If you missed, Richie did an interview on Friday night with Coach um, Amy Bond and Beatrice Walleen. Uh, really, really good stuff there. And so go check out that interview. Quick listen, maybe like 22, 24 minutes. Um, I, like I said earlier in the show, I listened to everything sped up on two times speeds. So it took me about 12, 13 minutes to listen to it. Really good stuff. Um, so shout out the golf team. The men's golf team um, gets started on their tournament. Uh, they're re they're regional this week. Sorry. And the ladies are at the national championship in Arizona later this week. So shout out to them. Hopefully they can bring home the national title, but just really wanted them to play well and uh, really love Beatrice and, and coach bond for, for taking their time and hanging out with us last week. Um, uh, men's tennis wrapped up their season with uh, a loss yesterday in the sweet 16 to Tennessee. Um, obviously the highlight of their year being the, the massive upset victory against Georgia. Tennessee is just a machine, number six in the country, certainly will be there competing for the championship. Um, but shout out the men's team from going under 500 last year to making the Sweet 16 this year, an absolute turnaround. Shout out to Coach Holtquist, um, friend of the show, someone that had been on. Excited to see that program continue to build and get back to the level that they expect to be at. Softball obviously won their uh, ACC championship. Uh, we were talking about yesterday when we recorded, the girls were playing while we recorded. In fact, Kaylee hit the game tying home run kind of, I think in the fourth or fifth, in, fourth or fifth inning. Um, and so it was really, really cool, uh, to, to end up watching that game. Mac Leonard, um, hits a three run home run in the sixth. And then Catherine Sandercock closes it out in the seventh. Um, Amaya Ross, really, really, really impressive running there in the sixth ended up scoring the game, uh, tying run thanks to really, really good base running, stealing second, moving up to third on the throwing error, and then getting home on a pop fly that was not very deep, only a foot or two from the uh, infield. Um, her speed really, I, you know, I, I tweeted this too, but if 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 we don't get that game tying run, I don't know if Mac Leonard's home run ever happens or not. So shout out to the entire team for winning the ACC championship would anticipate that they will be the number two or three overall seed. I do think that them winning the championship and Virginia Tech losing in the semifinal will probably put FSU ahead of Georgia Tech. I know that, I'm sorry, Virginia Tech, even though Virginia Tech had the two to one um, series win over the Knolls, I think that winning your championship has to matter. And so I would anticipate Florida State will be the two seed. I, I think it's, I think championships have to be valued and, um, you know, making a championship or, or, you know, I just kind of think about it from the perspective of if Florida State and Virginia Tech would have played each other in that championship, then they certainly would have made Florida State the um, the two seed. Um, so you, you have to hold up that same logic, that hold that same standard, and uh, you, you have to 
put Florida State as the two seed because they actually made the championship and won it. You, you can't you can't reward Virginia Tech for for losing in that semifinal. And so Virginia Tech, yeah, it has to has to drop in that situation to me. I don't know if they drop out. I think they might just end up still being the three seed. Um, they went on a great run to end the year and, and they ended up losing to Clemson in the semifinal. But uh, you know, I I don't know that it matters too much if if they keep Virginia Tech two, which I don't think they will, or move them three. If it's two versus three, uh, I think that uh, those two teams play each other. You know, once once that kind of happens, I saw a projection that Florida State would um, be paired up with the um, the Gainesville Regional. I also saw a projection that uh, Fayetteville, uh, Arkansas, would get the three seed and Virginia Tech would move down to four, which would be pretty unfortunate for them if they would have literally just won that game against Clemson. They would have had a great shot against Florida State and then saying that two seed, obviously as a four seed, you're going to probably be matched up with Oklahoma fairly early if uh, the Women's College World Series is in their future. So we'll see how it all kind of shakes out tonight. I'm going to do an FSU softball spaces. I know we do them all the time for football, but I'm going to do a softball spaces. We're going to have some some guests in there for sure. Um, can't say who, don't want to say who, but have had a couple of people told me they're going to stop by. So a softball spaces coming up after the selection show. The selection shows at 7 p.m. And so find my Twitter account. I'll retweet it from this pod account for sure. And we'll do an FSU softball spaces uh, around eight o'clock. Once the uh, once the selection shows over, and uh, we'll we'll have some fun with that and uh, see who shows up for sure. Baseball split their series yesterday, lost the the early game of the doubleheader, won the late game, ended up being pretty dramatic, won six to four, and a uh, ton of fun watching that second game. Hopefully, the team can go out and get the series win today. Um, really need this to really have any legitimate chance to to host i think florida state needs to win this now i guess the path exists or the scenario exists where if they lose a close one today and then win out right beat florida win the conference uh win win the series sweep the series next uh weekend and then win the acc uh, maybe they'd still you know host in that situation winning the entire acc is gonna be really tough it's the best conference in baseball so i think you've got to win today um then got to beat florida and then got to, you know, probably win the series this weekend, I think, against North Carolina coming up. So softball will be in the regional this weekend coming up. Again, women's golf plays in the national championship coming up. Um, and then one more shout out, track and field. The men took home first place. They took home the ACC championship. The women took home third place in a really, really impressive showing. And going into the final day, I think they were in like eighth or ninth and came all the way back to take home third place in the at the ACC's. Again, men's track and field, though, with a – conference championship so two conference championships won yesterday softball and men's track and field shout out coach brayman and uh the team i saw trey was out there killing it i saw lauren was out there killing it some former um double fries no slaw alums so really really good stuff for them um but appreciate you guys for tuning in appreciate coach niles for hanging out for a little while and recording that interview with us really good conversation with richie today um a lot to play for here on this sunday for fsu baseball and like i said the women's softball, the softball selection show, 7 p.m. tonight. We'll do a Twitter spaces afterward. I'll share it from Double Fries. Uh, of course, I'll have it from my account. But uh, appreciate you guys hanging out. Appreciate you for all your support. Shout out to the people that take care of us, Garnet and Gold and Guthrie's. And we will be back. Um, we actually have a pop-up episode tomorrow night. I don't want to say who because I don't ever like to release the names in case something comes up. I don't want you guys to blame them. You can just blame us if it, if it doesn't end up happening. But we have a pop-up episode tomorrow night. Monday night that you guys are going to love to hear. Um, 
tune in and check that out. And uh, we will see you guys then. Until next time, go Knowles.